0: Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn how to document their family history and celebrate their discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny, and we're the two blondes here to help you
1: discover your family tree from the beginning. Every two weeks, we will cover a new topic to help you document your family history. Our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, is a place where you can find additional materials on the topics we discuss, including forms and resources. Please email any questions or comments to us at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 14. This is December, and in honor of all the celebrations that happen in December, we are going to talk about some tips, some genealogy tips. Some of the things we'll cover are, um, we've already discussed uh, just as little reminders and some things are new, some different twists on things to help you with your uh, genealogy research. But first, as always, uh, we have a wine suggestion for you for this month. And
0: Amy? Well, this month we have chosen um, a wine with a genealogical reference to it. It is called Ancient Roots. Uh, they have, it's a red blend. They have a dark version and a more medium-bodied version of their wine. Um, I prefer the dark. Um, it's full-bodied with dark fruit and espresso t- flavor. And um, But the lighter one is kind um, of a dark cherry, vanilla, fresh taste. So mm. um, both of them are, are really good. And um, they've got a really cool little... Label with the roots. Love you know, the label. So, yeah. It's part of a genealogy yeah. reference there, so it was a yeah.
1: good one. Excellent. I enjoyed it as well. Annie was really sweet to bring me a bottle. It's so like we had to have our own bottles. Of course. Uh, so, just uh, what's been happening with us, the new thing, uh, we did get our DNA results back. We both sent in our DNA through Ancestry. And got our results back, and have since uploaded our results to Family Tree DNA. So we have two different two different things going
0: on. Right. There. You've gotten your results back from Family Tree DNA. Mm-hmm. I was a little, little tardy in getting mine up, um, so I'm still waiting for my results from them. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I was really excited. I I got oh, over 100 matches. The only close match I got was my father's cousin. And, uh, which was good. It mm-hmm. said that we were going to be, we were probably second cousins. We're actually first cousins once removed.
1: Okay, perfect. So it makes
0: complete sense. Yep. And, um, then the, uh, the rest were, uh, from, um, uh, I could identify most of them from one of the lines in my, um, Mostly my father's. It's interesting. My father's family seems to be a little bit more genealogically oriented, and so they seem to be tested more oh, <laughs> because nice. I have more matches on my dad's yeah. side than I do on my mother's.
1: Yeah. Um, but
0: my mother's father was also born in Germany, so um, I don't believe that Ancestry um, has testing um, DNA testing in Europe yet. Okay. So I know they have it in um, the U.K. and Ireland, but so that kind of leaves a whole sure. quarter of my um, sure. And plus, to like even make like. a match, you have to have
1: somebody in that's also doing research. It's exactly, not like they're just going to match. They, have to have, who are they have to have tested. They have to have, so, to have tested. So yeah, there's a whole
0: line mm-hmm. there that, that hasn't doesn't even have availability of testing. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was interesting that um, I could you know identify those those matches, and now it's a matter of um, you know making contact with those people uh, and uh, maybe sharing some information. Mm-hmm. So um, and doing the autosomal,
1: you did your. Uh, Origin area of origin come out to what you thought it
0: would be? Um, you know, I came out to be more. You know, I guess not surprising in retrospect, but um I was nine percent Scandinavian, which was a little surprising. Uh And then really? like like thirty nine percent European, and then about thirty five percent English British British Isles. Isles. British Isles. Okay. So okay. you know, the Scandinavian again. And you know, th- when you start thinking about it. Uh, my father, my grandfather, who was born in Germany, was born in very far northern Germany mm-hmm. near um, Denmark and sure. Poland in that area, so somebody could have
1: migrated down
0: exactly or, or, or. and the the lines that I have not taken back. Um, are more likely my grandmother's lines, and those are probably both British. So mm-hmm. British also, it did it did make sense. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So, but I'm going to be interested to see because you said that you've got slightly different results. I did. From it was just well, the was, two different companies. Yeah,
1: just different results from the two different companies, yeah. but different was not what I was expecting at all because mm-hmm. my grandmother came over from France. Mm-hmm. Her fa- her family's all French, from what I could tell. You know, from far far back. Um, and then my dad's mother's father came over from uh, Germany, mm-hmm. so lots of German roots mm-hmm. far far back. Well, I shouldn't say it was her father; it's grandfather. Um, anyway, German roots right. far far back. Mm-hmm. So I thought for sure I'd have a lot of French, any at least, and five percent mm-hmm. Western Europe was mm-hmm. all I got. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I was sixty-six percent British Isle, and then sixteen percent Scandinavian. And again, you know, maybe that, like you said, the Vikings came over right. to, to Britain or if they came down into northern Germany or mm-hmm. or something. I haven't quite figured out where the Scandinavian came up and well, then and then, when I uploaded it to Family Tree, it was twenty six
0: percent Scandinavian, so Family Tree gave you more Scandinavian little, absolutely then. okay yeah, interesting, but no more but no more European no. No, no. So
1: my mom hoarded all that and probably gave it to my brother. Right, right. Did you
0: have you? You can test your brother. Well, or I don't know.
1: I, I, my mom said she wanted to do the test and oh, test and perfect. test him right. and have him test and see. So it'd be really interesting. So for Christmas or for my birthday this year, mm-hmm. right? Um, my husband's gonna get tested and so are my kids. Because I'm really curious to see how
0: all that. How they- comes out right that would be really good when you if you test your mom and you and your brother and then kind of see where Mm -hmm. that french german comes in so but the scandinavian i think a lot of people are surprised when they get scandinavian when they don't have definite scandinavian roots but we have to remember that those vikings they really got around um europe british isles and of course even into north america so you know some of us who have the british or uh, european roots will have Scandinavian yeah. in there, so, and it does, it, it does explain your brown, your blonde hair and your blue eyes, too. That's true. <coughs> Excuse All me. All right, we'll have to go with that.
1: <laughs> okay, so let's get started with some tips okay. for the, for the, uh, for this episode, um, and these are in no particular order, just kind of as we uh, thought of a great tip, we wrote it down, and we'll just kind of go through Um, things that you can think about as you're doing your research um, that maybe you haven't thought of before. So the first one I have is to join a genealogical society or historical society not in your area but in the area that your ancestors lived. They will have um, compilations of things that you can use for your research, maybe have Bibles that your family Um, had, and just just things you're not even thinking about, and as well as people there who do this uh, research all the time might
0: instantly know, oh, yes, I know that family, and Have information for you that you wouldn't find otherwise and oftentimes local societies or state societies will have a members only section maybe digitized materials or extra resources um, that they only um, that they offer to their membership Mm -hmm. so um, by becoming a member then you'll have access to that as well and we're not dissing your local um, society because that's a great opportunity for you to um, gain knowledge and education. Absolutely. So at the local level. Good speakers so. and, and whatnot. Right. And, right. Uh, and also
1: good to meet other people in your area that might be researching where you are. Right. Right. Um, but usually they're fairly inexpensive, you know, like $20, $25 mm-hmm. for the year. And that's always a great uh, holiday gift. To ask for if you're looking for, you know, people are thinking, mm-hmm. well, what do you want this year? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I want a membership mm-hmm. to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And try it out and see if you like it. And, you know, if you finish your research in that particular area, then the next year you move on to a different society. Absolutely. So you don't have to, you know.
1: It's not a lifetime commitment. Exactly. Right. Um, another on that same line uh, how about read some local
0: histories take some books out on the area that you're researching and what happened that's there. very important to understand what was going on in in that community and understand what records are available in that community um, here in the south especially we have uh, many counties who had burned records um, during the Civil War um, War of 1812, or just, you know, n- natural disasters, <clears throat> fires occurred frequently and still do in courthouses. So mm-hmm. understand what records are available uh, from the courthouse, and then f- then you have to figure out, okay, if there are burned records, um, were they located elsewhere, were copies sent to a state um, archive at some point prior to the loss, mm-hmm. or how are you going to get around that loss? Right. So. And speaking of that,
1: another tip is when you're looking for um, information on your family that might be at a historical society or a genealogical society, it might not even be in the area that they lived. It might be in an area that their descendants who inherited all this stuff and didn't want it might have donated it. Um, So, I know uh, we were at a lecture once where a gentleman was talking about that and said how they have such a wealth of information at one of the colleges here in Florida that are from other states. Yes, New New York, Ohio, different places that, you know, and if you're researching in New York and you think, well, it's got to be in New York, you will have missed this whole wealth
0: of information. So, check out the WorldCat, which is the, well... WorldCat and, and archive grid. yes because those will tell you what collections were are in what repositories right 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 so that's just
1: an extra thing you know and you're thinking mm-hmm. probably oh my gosh, all these places I have to look but it's worth a,
0: it's mm-hmm. worth a swipe through just to see if there's something there on your right. family Right. Yeah. And when you are researching when you're searching databases online, um, this kind of goes back to what information is available check the database specifications and see what the database is including. What years does that database include? If you're looking for uh, Massachusetts probate records, check to see what counties are included in that database because oftentimes you may be wasting your time because the county that you're looking for was not included in that database for whatever reason. Right, Either right. the material wasn't available or it just wasn't included because this is really focused on the western part of the state or the southern part of the state. So even though it says Massachusetts, really look to see what is included in that database right. before you even look, before right. you search because right. you would be wasting your time.
1: So, and that works in with um, when you are looking at family search and ancestry, don't do the general search.
0: Well, do the general search, but then...
1: Do the general search, but Mm -hmm. really do a specific search. And before you do the specific search, like you just said, read what is in that particular database. So, uh, because it might not even be be worth it. But the the way they... um, Things might not come up in the general search that would come up in a more, um, what do I want to say, a smaller search, you know, a more direct or intimate search. You know, if you're going for church records, they might not come up in the general search where your name of your ancestor may come up if you just dig a little deeper and use the card catalog. Right, right. And on family um, familysearch.org, when you're on that big search page, it's really small, And I think it's under the map. It says Browse All Records. That's where you want to go Mm -hmm. to um, try to narrow your search down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and on that line, we can talk about maps, you know, mapping it out. See, uh, maps will help you with um, land boundaries
0: and see where your ancestors lived at that time, borders changed. County formation dates, were they living in? Where, where, where they were living, did that turn into a different county? Uh, the county that it is today may not have been the county when your right. ancestors were living there, and then you need to go back to the parent county, to look for deeds and uh, land records or marriage records because the current county will not have that information. Right, absolutely. Or like in the case of West Virginia, Mm -hmm. you
1: have to go back to Virginia because the state, Mm -hmm. West Virginia, wasn't even a state before the Civil War.
0: Or if your ancestor lived uh, in a county uh, that bordered another state, you need to go look in that county, n- n- that neighboring county in the other Absolutely. state because oftentimes people would go across those, those, those state lines. They didn't really respect those state lines. Um, you know, it was right. just a part of the area where they lived. Right. So they're going to go wherever right. it's most convenient for them. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, let's see. Some other little things are how about look in church records for immigration information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um they might have a letter of introduction saying where they're from, what church they went to at, at their previous country. Mm-hmm. Um that might be helpful if you can't find their port of entry or you know figure okay. out when they came over. Yeah. If you could figure out what church they went to, right, right. That's always a struggle. Um and on a completely different note, if you're really trying to figure out something and you kind of hit a brick wall, write it out. Write out everything you have. You know, like My John Burke was born in 1836, died 1872, I know <clears throat> where, and put all the information in that, that you have, because sometimes when you have it all written down, you can see what you're missing better than if you're just thinking, mm-hmm. you know, oh, did I have that? Yeah, mm-hmm. so you have a
0: sheet, it's all written out. Right, make that timeline look to see if there's a migration pattern, you know, where, you know, they were, they started out in New York, they went to Ohio, and Mm -hmm. they went to Michigan, so then you have a better idea of, okay, Mm -hmm. well, this is the information I'm looking for, this is where it should be. Right, So. right, so that, that can be a big help
1: if you, um, and then, Along that line is ask a friend to look over your research and see if you missed something You know if you've got a friend doing genealogy as well
0: They might have a suggestion for you that you didn't even think of right. to look for yeah. a second pair of eyes uh, Is always good and sometimes we get very close especially to our families and we've made Assumptions or mm-hmm. we've we've said well, you know, I just know that that to be true um, I can tell you in the case of my grandparents. They were born. I think I've mentioned this before they were born Raised lived and died in Allen County, Indiana So when I went to Allen County, and of course they got married in Allen County, Indiana That's the only place they ever lived. No, they got married in Michigan. Hmm. two counties north In Michigan. Two whole counties north and in a completely different state. Really wanted to get away. (laughs) Right So, you know, we make those assumptions But somebody who's coming in with fresh eyes who doesn't make those assumptions of our families can maybe point those things out to us Right um, some other things are clues in photographs. Okay. You know, look at what they're
1: wearing. If you can't figure out an exact time frame of when the people lived, or things that are in the pictures—houses um, in the background, heirlooms—are they wearing certain jewelry? Are they? Um, is there furniture around that might have, might still be in the family?
0: Or you know, just at least that time period. Maureen Taylor has published um, several books on using photographs to. Um, uh, look for clues and identifying people and places and, and things like that so right. yeah that's a good start Yeah, reading
1: reading books oh well speaking of reading reading books and stuff um, subscribe to some magazines that are um, about genealogy family tree we've got one here family tree magazine is a great one it's always filled with lots of information um, order some books there's a lot of free ones
0: online uh, use your library to take some out and Whatever. And, Right. Yeah. The, um, the National Genealogical Society has published um, some um, finding aids for different states. Those are always really good to, to take a look at and help you familiarize yourself with the state. Um, the Red Book, too, um, mm-hmm. also has um, great information um, on, this diff- on the different states and researching yeah. in different states. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. Um, well, like I said, these are just random and not, not in any, any great order, but uh, another way, if you're trying to find someone to make sure the person, is a common name or something, and you're not sure that what you're looking at in the census is your relative, look at city directories also and cross-reference them. See if what's in the city directory where you think your ancestor is matches
0: up to what's in the census Right mm-hmm. city directories, especially between 1880 and 1900 when we don't have that 1890 census um, Can be extremely helpful um, I'm working on a, a project right now where the father and the family disappeared Sometimes He's in the 1880 census and then in the 1900 census the, the wife is saying that she's a widow The family doesn't think that he died so but, you know, where did he go? Right. So um, there are some uh, city directories from this particular area. And using those, they don't have every year. But I can pinpoint now within a three-year span of when he disappeared. He's in one, and then she's in there by herself. Mm. Um, so, you know, between 1880 and nineteen and, and um, 1891, he disappeared. So. Yeah. And that's very helpful around that 1890 mm-hmm. period when there's no census. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, so and uh-huh. then you can verify, um, you know, you can verify from street, street addresses um, and, you know, maybe link this up to the, to the census if yeah. people stayed in the same location. Yeah. Um, and that's also another good tool. If you can't find somebody in a census for one year, you know, for some reason, they're in every census if it's one year, check the area that they were in, the street mm-hmm. address mm-hmm. Um, from the prior Right. In the prior right. census, and yes. if they're not there, if they've moved in a, in that twenty-year period, you know, check both both locations to see if you can find them. Yeah. And you may have to go page by page, and, and you know, and look because most of the time they just haven't been indexed correctly. That's and true. And the person is there; they've just been indexed in a completely different name that you're just not looking for because it just doesn't make sense. Right. So the handwriting. But you will find. Yeah, you will find. You will well. find them.
1: Yeah. That's a good one. Love those city directories. And I remember when I first started out, I'm thinking, you know, city directories would pop up and I was like, what is that? I'm not looking at that. You know, that's useless information and completely not true. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very helpful. So these things are up there for a reason. Um, how about, um, naming patterns in families? You know, Mm -hmm. be aware of where your ancestors came from and what the naming patterns are. Um, for example, Scotland, the firstborn son is named for the father's father, the second for the mother's father, third for the father, and fourth for the father's brother. And the mothers, uh, and the daughters are kind of the same. First one's for the mother's mother, second for the father's mother, third for mom, and fourth for the mom's sister. So if you've got those familiar names, you can, it helps you find your, the patterns farther on back. How about Norwegian?
0: You're better at that than me. There's... Right. Well, they're, they're patronomial, so they really don't have surnames. Uh, so you're really having to, I mean, it will give you a clue because it will say, you know, Old son is the son of Ole, or, mm-hmm. um, Ole Tokter is the daughter of Ole, but those, they change every generation, so you can, it's easier to go backwards, but, um, it can be very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I do know that
1: in Spain, women kept their maiden names, and the children took both names—mother's right. and father's. Right. So super helpful there if right. you're looking for the female line.
0: And in Italian, um, in Italian, um, heritage, uh, the wife. Uh, would keep her maiden name. So when you're looking um, in immigration records, you're going to see the family, the father, and the children with the father's surname, but the, the wife will have her maiden name usually. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that they weren't married. It just, that's just um, the way that that culture um, handled that. And it's very, actually very helpful because then you know automatically what the, what the wife's maiden name is. So. Yeah. Um, okay, and another thing, we've talked about this before, is search the siblings. Search the siblings it's of your ancestors. It's very ancestor. important, yeah, it's very important for you not to just get focused on your, your direct lineal ancestors, but you do have to create that entire family group with the siblings, because that will help you identify, okay, if you have a specific your common names, mm-hmm, if you mm-hmm. have two or three people coming up within a census, okay, this is the right family group, because these are the same children. Right. You know, you're looking for location, you're looking for um, uh, vocation, but those family, those siblings are important, and because, again, your, their parents may not have lived with your ancestor, they may have lived at some point when they got older with a sibling. And so that will help you identify uh, where those, who the parents are. Yeah,
1: and I know we both know people that don't want to add all these extra people to their tree because they think it's just too many people, but... Really, in your research, if you're doing a thorough job,
0: you, you need to have everybody in there. Although it's always irritating when the sibling is easier to tra- the sibling's oh. line is easier to, to trace course. than your. Of you can find line.
1: everything about Joe Smith, but you can't find right. anything about John. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, some other ones. Let's see. Um, oh, just Google. How about, you know, just using Google, there's so many, I want, every day I find out a new Google mm-hmm. thing that's out there that I'd never heard of before, but books, images, maps, Google Earth, YouTube is Google, um, Google
0: Scholar. Just Googling your family name or your, uh, if your, yeah. your ancestor, you, you might be surprised what you find as well. So, um, but... And um, wikis. Oh yeah, the Wikis family the family family search wiki wiki is very very good. Um, mm-hmm. That will give you all kinds of information on localities, on um, immigration. Uh, definitely worth um, a, a definitely a place to go and, and a place to start mm-hmm. before you even start your research. Absolutely, and DNA of course get your DNA tested. Mm-hmm. Might make some connections okay. there that will help. Yeah. Um, uh, make sure you use a checklist. I don't know if we have a checklist on our website, but we will put one up um, that um, will help you stay focused on, okay, these are the documentation, this is the documents I found, this is the documentation I already have, this is what I need to look for. This is what is unavailable, so you can make those notations, so you yes. can make sure that you do your thorough, exhaustive yes. research on each it individual. It might be on, we, I think we do have a log up
1: there that's like a, re, like a, a research log like Not that, a research log,
0: a checklist. For, oh, a, okay.
1: We might. We'll check and see. We'll check. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, just really putting yourself out there and making some phone calls. Right. Call those funeral homes, call the societies, call the courthouse, call the churches. Mm-hmm. Um. Don't be afraid. People love to help with with this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I'm I I know when I was calling some courthouses, I always thought, oh, I'm going to be such a bother. They're working, and oh no, this is they loved it. They love to do the research mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. you, and you know there mm-hmm. might be a charge. They might do it for mm-hmm. free. You
0: never mm-hmm. know. But well, and going back to the go to to Google is. It's also important to find out what is already out there before you even begin your research mm-hmm. because you're, someone in your family could have already done a tremendous amount of research on your family line, and here you're basically reinventing. You know, you're know, you doing the same research over again, yes, so look yes. and see what's out there already, and that will save you time yeah. because you can incorporate those documents right away into yours, your yeah. research. So
1: And if they just have a tree up of some sort or a, a pedigree chart or mm-hmm. something, contact that person. Ask them what documents they have. Say, hey, I'm doing the same research. We're in the same family. Some people
0: people don't like to put documents up or put photographs up on on their um, online charts or online pedigree um, charts, but they may have those documents. Right. So you definitely want to ask. And most most people are very willing to share
1: Mm -hmm. um, when they know you're doing the same research. Uh, Let's see. Um, Take some classes. Take some classes. There might be something at your local
0: um, college or community college on genealogy. Um. Well, and here in Florida, um, the National Genealogical Society's Family History Conference is coming mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in May uh, to to Florida. So here yeah, okay. uh, in Fort Lauderdale, we'll be in Fort Lauderdale for that. And yeah. that's an excellent um, opportunity to hear uh, the top speakers, the most knowledgeable uh, educators in genealogy today will yes. be speaking at that conference so yeah. i mean they have 150 different it's sessions so that you can go to Absolutely. Plus, plus you have access to all of the, the vendors uh, ancestry family search my heritage find my past they will all be there yes. you can you can grab somebody and say hey show me how to do this or I'm having a problem with yes. this and they can help you. And yes. they have little, they have their own little seminars too. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. 15, 20 minute informa- infomercial. And thing, I think so. the, um, the registration mm-hmm. is out now. The registration we- just opened December 1st. So, so yeah. And yeah. hotels, um, uh, are, you know, we'll be booking. Yeah. So, yeah. so
1: plan that, plan for that in May and then, um, Amy and I are both going to be working at the registration booth so you can come and meet us. That's right. Should be fun. Um, um, Amy mentioned something about, look, when you're researching your ancestors, watch out the spelling. Sometimes they're misspelled. So try to think of some, you know, random things or look at people with, that don't really
0: match, but it might be yours. Right. Remember that, especially when it's an in, something that's been indexed online, mm-hmm. uh, There, there can be, Human error, but oftentimes the indexing is being done by computer, by optical recognition, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. optical recognition cannot always read that old handwriting. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've been I have got another project I'm working on, and the family last name begins with an L, but for whatever reason, in this particular area of the country, those Ls look like Ss in the handwriting, sure. and so a lot of times the the uh, last name is completely starts with a completely different letter. Right so right yeah. yeah i've had a few of those as well um and i would say you know stay focused if you're going um uh, to a repository you're going down to the library you're going to um, a national um repository like the national archives or even the courthouse stay focused on why you're there make sure that absolutely. you you um first take care of what you're looking for and then if you have extra time then you might have a list of okay if once I complete this this research, if I have extra time, then I'll go here because oftentimes you get into a library or something, and it's just like, oh my gosh, they have a book on that. county? well, I have another right. whole family, different different family line, but I should take a look at that. You know
1: what? I just I just had a thought of what we should invent, Amy. Is um, you know how you have those um, those trackers that you wear mm-hmm. to check your steps and everything yeah. like that, and now they have one out that will. Um, like, harass you, and to mm-hmm. like, if you haven't moved in a little while, it mm-hmm. buzzes you or something. Well, we need to invent one that if you start going off track on your research, <laughs> it will zap you <laughs> so you can stay focused. It knows
0: you're in the wrong section in the library. That's right. Get out of this
1: section and get back to what you're supposed to be doing. All
0: right, we're we'll working yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, So that's a lot of tips and tricks. Yeah. Oncey tips. Lots of little things um, that you can be looking for in your research coming up. Yep. So, Uh,
1: happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, Enjoy your month with
0: family and friends. And And, Yeah, and if you have... If you have family around that you haven't seen in a while, you might want to um, ask some people absolutely. some stories, swap stories, um, find out some information about your family. Use yeah. this time to see if people have pictures. Interrogate your relatives. Yeah. So. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Until next time. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Happy holidays.